Hey guys, this is Steph in Cleveland, goalkeeper with the Seattle Sounders, and this is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Um, today, Bennett's with us. Everybody Woo! clap for Bennett. Yay! Yeah. Um, as we are all juggling a lot of things going on with all of our different careers and such, and uh, school coming back in the somewhat near future, sad face, uh, you know. It's not always going to be easy to get everybody. So, you know, be appreciative when you do. Uh, this is the 95th episode of the podcast. We are quickly approaching 100 episodes, which is kind of interesting to think about. Didn't really uh, kind of surprised about that. Plus, I'm stubborn when it comes to uh, pumping these out, as Bennett will attest to. Yes. Like, I am very against missing anything. So, I don't know. It's cool to think about triple digits. Um but, you know, we've got a show to run. We're not here for numbers. Um, except when it comes to winning, which the Seahawks did not do as we jump right into the Seahawks here in preseason, their first game of the preseason. Uh, this is a three-game preseason now. We are getting away from the four-game preseason. Um, their first game on August 14th at the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium in Allegiant Stadium down in Vegas, of course. Um, there's... <laughs> don't really have game day inactives for you. I just, I, you know, Russell Wilson didn't play because there's no point, um, especially not with Dwayne Brown playing, not playing. And we'll get to that in a second. Uh, just for your game recap on the first quarter, Trey Raggis of the Raiders scored a one yard touchdown to put the Raiders up seven to nothing. In the second quarter, Dominic Eberly uh, hit field goals from 22 and 24 yards to put the Raiders up 13 to nothing at the half. Uh, in the third quarter, the Seahawks get on the board and put up the only touchdown in the third quarter, the only score of the third quarter, with a 43-yard touchdown on a swing pass from Alex Magoo to bring the Seahawks to a 7-13 deficit. Um, but B.J. Emmons in the fourth quarter with a two-yard run would give the Raiders a 7-20 lead and ice the game, leaving us with a score of Raiders 20, Seahawks 7, sad face, already losing. Um, passing leaders. This might be the only time I say this. <laughs> Alex Magoo led six six completions on 10 attempts, 54 yards. Wow. So 43 of those came on one uh, one touchdown and a 107.9 rating. So his rating wasn't bad. Um, rushing, Alex Magoo, three carries, 25 yards, 8.3 average, and a 17-yard run long. Uh, receiving. DJ Dallas, two receptions, 45 yards, one touchdown on two targets. Tackles, former Husky Ben Burkirvin, 12 total tackles, six solo. Uh, and then turnovers, Ryan Neal had the only turnover for the Seahawks with one interception. Um, the only postgame thoughts we can offer for this one are really that it seems that Dwayne Brown, even more so now after this game, uh, needs his contract extension. And Dallas just... I don't know. Last year, it seemed like Dallas showed um, value in the passing game, and I don't think this game showed anything different. Hmm. Um, I mean, last year, I mean, it's not like DJ Dallas is a guy that you're going to give the ball to as a workhorse, right? Um, I think the way that you're going to ma maximize his touches um, and getting him the ball in the best way possible for him to make plays is to get him the ball in open space in the passing game and, you know, let him create mismatches as Ben and I talked about before the episode started, he's an elusive guy. Um, 
so I think that's that's sort of the role that he can carve out for himself because Chris Carson, I mean, to be fair to Chris, Chris is not a bad receiving back whatsoever. He made the claim that he's got the best hands on the team, and I think that might be an interesting statement. It felt like, it felt like a joke. I hope so. You felt, you know, you would hope that he's self-aware enough that that was a joke. Because um, he does have brick hands sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, too, he's made some some all right catches, but I think that might be the role that DJ Dallas can carve out for himself. Because, um, I mean, barring some unforeseen circumstances, he's not going to be a starter at the running back position. Um, so that was kind of your preseason game. The Seahawks lost to the Raiders down in Allegiant Stadium. Um, from what I understand, it was a lot of challenging these guys who are fat, battling for roster spots, playing a lot of passing downs. Um, Geno Smith was concussed in this game. And from what I understand, I'm not going to put it on Stone Forsyth necessarily. Um, but from what I understand, Forsyth or somebody missed a blocking assignment. And it let an edge rusher come free and just sort of wallop Geno Smith. And he got concussed early in that game. So it was basically Alex Magoo's game for the taking. Um, and that's just even more concerning because something like that happens to Russell Wilson. Hey, man, good luck, you know. So, yeah, I know. If I was in John Schneider's shoes, if I was in the big boy chair in his office, I, I it wouldn't be hard for me to make that decision. And I know Russell Wilson is behind that decision 100%. So, you know, I would, I would pay the big guy. Um, other injury related news, because we've already mentioned, Geno Smith suffered a concussion in that preseason game. Uh, Kobe Parkinson prior to the game um, broke his foot, the same foot that he injured in 2020 um, that caused him to miss most of the year. He's expected to miss an extended stretch. Um, but he's expected to be out for weeks, not months. Um, so that really sucks considering that, uh, Parkinson sort of had built up some hype in the off season to training camp as a guy that could make some, some plays, not necessarily taking over a spot over Will Disley or Gerald Everett, but he'd made some noise, you know? So to see that, that sucks. Um, and then interior offensive lineman Phil Haynes suffered a knee injury that Pete Careful, Pete Careful, huh? Pete Carroll said it was nothing serious. Um, so that sucks too. Um, but if it's nothing serious, I guess it's not a big deal. But I know that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks had tried out Haynes at center, considering that Ethan Pochich had been dealing with injuries. Um, and that kind of opens up the door for anybody else who's fighting for that center spot to go and take it. Um, just because if, if you're not going to be healthy, you're not going to necessarily be guaranteed a spot. Um, so that's your injury report. Kobe Parkinson's going to be out for a few weeks. Uh, interested to see who your third tight end will be. Um, if you work out a guy or if it's somebody we know. Um, hmm. And, you know, that center position still kind of seems to be up in the air for the time being. I mean, could be guy like Kyle Fuller. Um, shoot, man. I don't really, you know, I don't know if there's anybody that you can really bet on as a favorite uh, for the center position because Posage has been injured. And I guess even he um, has seen competition in camp. So that's something to watch. 
Um, I would. I mean, the center position was probably the biggest question mark headed into the season, and yep. this preseason game has not cleared anything up. Um, honestly, if anything, it's murky the waters further. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say we're in like a red alert situation, but I would say this is definitely something where you're like there's so many things we need to figure out right now. And I feel like the media and I, I know we always rag on the media and, and Hey, it's for good reason. But I think the media to an extent is focusing on this Adams thing and focusing on this Brown thing, which is important, but like our kind of cluster at center that we just didn't try even remotely to solve feels a little more prescient than than like figuring out what we're doing with Jamal Adams, at least right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That was my biggest concern, at least along the O-line um, coming into this season was center because Postage, I'm going to flip. I don't know if it's Postage or Pochic. Um That was my biggest concern. I have no problem with Dwayne Brown. I have no problem with, was it Brown, Gabe Jackson, question mark, um, Damian Lewis, Brandon Shell. No problem with those four guys. Right. When it comes to the center, Postage had had an okay year, um, you know, in the first half of the season, then he kind of fell off and became more inconsistent. Um, so, I mean, if, if you were all in on protecting this Russell guy, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to go out there and bring in a guy who, is proven and would be a great veteran addition to this line. Now, if we look at, um, I, I want to see if there's anybody in free agent market because I believe, I don't think Arson Austin Ritter was available. <laughs> I mean, if you want to move David Decat, oh no, Austin Ryder is still available as of, yeah, as of today. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind be bringing him in for competition. There are some interesting guys when it comes to free agents as of to the 16th today, Bennett. Yeah, and to be fair, like it's not the end of the line. You can still pick somebody up. You can still you can still trade for somebody. Would I expect it? No, quite honestly. I, I don't see a blockbuster center trade happening. I don't really know of any blockbuster centers who are even up on the block right now. But I just think that um, I don't know how to explain that. Like this to me seems like a like urgent, more urgent than everything else, because of we've seen what happens when a bad center plays. Mm. Like it, when Postage had his little implosion, that really hurt every game's chances of winning. Right? Like to an extent the center anchors a lot of what the offense is going to do. So, and what the offense can do, it like opens up the options just like a good lineman can do. So when you have a mediocre center, a lot of stuff that can usually fly can't, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope we take, I hope they take a fair shake at all the, Homies in the uh... <laughs> Austin Ryder's available. You know, we played with Kansas City. So, I mean, if you're on the Kansas City line, you're not necessarily a scrub. No, sure. um, 
if you want to, I mean, Damian Lewis played emergency center against the Cardinals in that game. If you want to move Damian Lewis to center and sign a David DeCastro to be a right guard, wouldn't it be a horrible thing. Um, but outside of center, just as I'm peeking at this free agent list, there's some interesting names. Uh, obviously, Richard Sherman, KJ Wright, uh, Quentin Dunbar just got released by Detroit, uh, Kawan Short, Pino Atkins. Um, Todd Gurley's still a free agent. That's interesting. Hmm. Oh, hey, well, look at that. You know a guy named Golden Tate? Huh. So, yeah, no, that is that has been my concern with the O-line um, consistently. Um, well, because everybody goes, oh, the O-line sucks. I'm like, no, we just need a center. <laughs> That's my thing, you know, because Shell played fine. Not fine. Shell played a, had a good year. Um, and Damian Lewis for a rookie, you know, he had some mistakes, but he's a rookie, you know, and outside of that, he had a good year. Gabe Jackson's a guy who's been proven. Um, and Dwayne Brown has more than enough played for another contract. So, you know, I got no problem with that. Um, in terms of team related note for the team, uh, Aldous Smith was released. He was released over a non-football matter. Uh, Pete Carroll had some things to say. He said, I'm, I'm disappointed for him because we gave him a real chance and we looked after him in every way we know how to, I'd wish we'd have done better. I don't know what we could have done better, but we were very open to helping him because part of the program become part of the program. And it's just unfortunate. He wasn't able to, he just couldn't hang with us. He just couldn't, he tried. He just couldn't make it. I have no idea what that means. Oh, freaking cryptic. I am not going to speculate. You know, I don't even know where to start with that. This is a team that tends to give guys chances, you know? I mean, whether it's guys who are veterans like T.O. at the end of his career in the preseason, guys who have made mistakes and are looking to bounce back, guys who didn't make it with their team like a D.J. Reed, you know? This team has given guys chances. Uh, guys like Demontre Moore, if you know who Demontre Moore is, you know, these are guys, this is a team that's willing to say, hey, if you're going to buy into the program and you want to be part of something, you know, we're going to give you those resources. We're going to open the door for you. You just got to buy in. And I don't know what Alden Smith was doing, but uh, you know, someone made a fair point. Usually when a guy gets released, you know, Pete Carroll has some positive things to say and they, they wish him well in their endeavors elsewhere. Did not happen with Mr. Smith. So I don't know what he was doing in that organization, what took place, but it doesn't sound good if, you know, the way he was talking about it. Um, so obviously I, I like to, uh, really give these guys um, a fair chance before anything's said, but I don't know. It just doesn't look good when it just says, you know, you gave them a chance and, you know, you looked after them and don't know what they could have done better. Uh, just couldn't hang with you. So he tried. I just, I don't know. Uh, he was cut ahead of his upcoming arraignment on allegations of second degree battery. Um, and in a con- corresponding move, the team signed linebacker like KM Williams. Uh, Williams is a Tacoma native. Um, so, yeah, that is an interesting situation. A guy that, you know, on the field 
potentially could have added to the pass rush of this team, but obviously there are more things to take place uh, within an organization than just on the field. Um, speaking of organizations, Jamal Adams and Dwayne Brown contract news. This is something that we've already talked about a little bit mentioned here in spurts. Um, so while the Seahawks haven't said this publicly, all signs, this is a quote um, from an article, all signs point to them not wanting to extend Dwayne Brown this year. Uh, the latest indication was what John Schneider told 710 ESPN Seattle in his pregame interview on Saturday. When asked about Brown and Jamal Adams, who are both holding in, and by holding in, it means they're in the facility, they're with the team, they're just not practicing. Um, Schneider said there's nothing new to report and noted that 21 Seahawks are in the last year of their contract. So basically, if they extend a guy like Dwayne Brown, potentially other players might expect the same. I don't know. I think that's a fucking cop-out. I mean, come on. You know, I think that's kind of a weak thing to say. Um, Because, yeah, I get it. You know, there are guys that have their contracts expiring, but I don't know. I don't know about you, Bennett, but that, I don't know. I think that's kind of a a weak thing to say. Um, Can't imagine it inspires much like Confidence. Confidence from the locker room. Trust, maybe. Yeah. Because I don't know. I, I'm on the side of Dwayne Brown here. I think he's played. When you're that age, but you're playing well, I don't care. I don't look at your age. I, if you're Not protecting. The fact that he's also like, yeah, I mean, again, you said it yourself, like his production's ridiculous. But also the fact that he's still a hot commodity at his age you should hold on to him. Like he's willing to be on your team at this age with this production. You're probably going to get him. I I wouldn't say for cheaper than another team, but you're going to benefit the most by keeping him. So what are you doing? Like wasting that opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know why they're being so stubborn, especially since Russell put the pressure on him and said, Hey, I'll restructure my contract for these guys. Yeah. When they don't need to, he doesn't need to do that. He's saying that to put pressure on these guys. So I don't know. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, I'm hoping that takes place before week one. Uh, Speaking of week one, Pete Carroll said that there is no way that Adam sits out week one. Um, the latest contract offered to Jamal Adams that was on the table was four years, $17.5 million average, and $38 million guaranteed. The report that I received is that the only thing that's being discussed and that's you know left to be done and outside of putting the damn bow on it was that you know a couple of things with bonuses. I think it was some a little bit of bonus money was being discussed. Right. That was yeah. that's what I saw over the weekend. We get a report Monday that the Seahawks are potentially looking to franchise tag Adams as a safety to which Adams could file a grievance against as he would claim that he is more of a linebacker. And I believe, I don't remember what the year was, but I think it was, it might've been since he's been drafted. Um, he's played the most of his snaps at linebacker, which it, it's, it's kind of tough to label him considering he's in a way he's like a Swiss army knife, you know, um, I I just I don't understand 
why you're, you know, keeping the foot on the table about not wanting to sign him or Dwayne Brown, especially with Jamal Adams' case. He's, I mean, if we look at Jamal Adams, okay, and unless I'm uh, incorrect about this, let me just give me one second now. He's 25 years of age, okay? He's not 30. He's not getting old. He's 25 years of age. He is a proven defensive star. He's not some guy that, oh, he's shown some flashes. No, he's a guy that can prove to be, make a huge impact on the defensive side of the ball and has huge upside, you know, when he's healthy, when he's not playing through injury. As a guy that has shown that he does love it here. He hasn't even played in front of the fucking fans here yet. All right. Um, and it's, you know, it's, and unless there's something I'm missing, he's shown he wants to be here. Okay. And you're haggling over some bonus money when you traded two first rounders for him. I don't know what, what we're being so, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong in the way I'm using this word. I don't know what we're being so, so I don't think that's the right word. I don't think frugal, frugal is the not the right word, right? I'd say for I well, I mean, there's frugality, then there's cheap. Yeah, I don't know why you're being so fucking cheap. I think this is ridiculous, and it's frustrating as a fan base because if you want to maximize Russell Wilson's opportunity, you know, with this franchise to get to a Super Bowl to win more titles, because I don't want to just say title because I like to win more, um, and I'm not just being greedy. It's like why why hold yourself to one? You you need guys on the defensive side of the ball, and we know that in this league. Um, I don't know. I'm on the side of both of these guys here. I'm not with the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, don't give them that money. <laughs> Shut up. To all those idiots, too, like the idiot on a 710 ESPN, 710 ESPN Seattle who said that we should cut Jamal Adams. Go fuck yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. What I, I don't understand where th- that comes from, where we don't need a guy like Jamal Adams. What a I don't weird think you, hot take. I, I don't. That's just the journalism. I think that's just, oh, I say something stupid and then I just ignore it. And I let the, I let the, I'm an instigator of sorts. You know, I, I hate that. And I've said that several times. Um, so yeah, I'm on the side of the players in this one. Um, okay. Uh, NFL top 100 players of 2021 has been coming out lately. Um, and so far in the coming down list, I believe they're at 50. Now they've just hit, they went from hundred to 50 since we've, uh, recorded this, um, Seahawks have three players, two of them who are currently under contract. Uh, number 77 is Quandre Diggs. Number 76 on the list is Tyler Lockett. Excuse me. And then number 67 was KJ Wright. Another guy who. I don't know how he's not on the team. Um, closer we get to camp, man. You know, I mean, closer we get to week one. I don't know. I don't know. Especially when you're playing. Um, I don't want to undermine Indianapolis. Okay. Well, even if we look at Indianapolis, a guy, a team that's more than likely going to be playing with a, a rookie quarterback. You don't think a guy like KJ Wright would eat that shit up, right? And then look at week two against uh, Tennessee. I'd probably need some help like KJ Wright at the linebacker position, stopping a guy like Derrick Henry. Absolutely part two. 
So, you I, know. It, it befuddles me. Listen, if you don't get the Jamal Adams job done and you fuck up KJ Wright's deal and you let him walk, I mean, like, which it looks like what we're going to do anyway is one of those things. We're going to probably let KJ Wright walk. You're going about this season from the wrong move. The NFL is slowly doing that revolution again. And I don't want to say full send, but I will say power running is coming back in style. Like, look at Derrick Henry. Look at Chubb. You're you're starting to. Uh, oh my God, who's the yeah the running back for the Browns or is it Chubb? Yeah. Yep. Between Stead and Dalvin Cook, these guys can run people over, and they can make plays in the secondary. Do you really want to risk that? With, I mean, look, Jordan Brooks is good. Don't get me wrong. But looking at that first preseason game, the depth on our linebacker core is just not there. It's just not there. Do you really want to risk that? You have one of the most consistent linebackers in NFL history, probably. With K.J. Wright, not Bobby Wagner. Yes, Bobby Wagner is great. But you have K.J. Wright. He's one of the best linebackers who has played in the league for quite some time. And you're going to let him walk for what? Exactly. That's the other point. For what? For what? To pay Jamal Adams and Dwayne Brown? No, because you're not paying Dwayne Brown. Why? If you're letting KJ Wright walk, why not? You're saving money on that. Who else are you paying? No one. Russell? No, because he's restructuring his contract. So to take that risk in a league where having a linebacker has proven more often than not to be highly important, look at the look at the Bucks. Versus the uh, Chiefs in the big dance that, again, we haven't set foot in for some time. Think about it. You need good linebackers. We have good linebackers. You just got to pay the man. And, again, it's it's interesting to think about it because, I mean, so say, say you do bring, bring uh, KJ back. I'm not saying you need to have him and Bobby and Jordan Brooks on the field at the same time like they were trying to do with this base defense when they had uh, – what's his name? What's the insider trading's name again? Michael Kendricks. Kendricks. You don't, you don't need to have him on the field at the same time. But I don't think it would hurt Jordan Brooks at all to get more time learning from a guy like KJ Wright um, and to have that sort of versatility on the field. Because KJ Wright's a guy that played, made plays in coverage too. I mean, I'm not saying you match him up against a guy like Stefan Diggs because that's stupid, but, you know, he brings versatility. He's a guy that, you know, brings leadership and he brings a great football mind to the team again. So I don't know. The, I, I, there's some curious front office decisions being made right, right now, right. and I'm interested to see how this, play, how this plays out and what we're going to be talking about come, you know, Sunday, week one. Um against Indianapolis. So uh, speaking of sort of roster related things, um, roster cuts, the roster is supposed to be at 85 by Tuesday, I believe at 4 PM. So the episode will be out by then. Um, the team already made these cuts. Uh, the team waived Nate Evans, Lucas McNeil, Jordan Miller, former Husky, uh, Walter Palmore, Anthony Ratliff Williams, and Cameron Scarlett. Uh, so there's six guys that they released. Um, and so since they had an open spot, they signed defensive end Alex Changum. Uh, roster needs to be down to 80 by August 24th. 
and down to the 53 final cut by August 31st. Um, so that is always the thing around this time of the year and uh, training camp is uh, who becomes the training camp darling and everybody gets mad when they don't make the team or something like that, you know. Uh, who will be this team's case in Williams? I don't know. It's a good question. Because I know a lot of people like that uh, Terry guy, but then they found out that he like murdered somebody and it was like, oh, oh. what? The Tamarion Terry guy from uh, Florida State. Wow, I was not in front. Um, yeah, I guess he really, Tamarion Terry. Um, yeah, I was indicted on, a, indicted on a murder, indicted. Yeah, indicted. Is indicted on a felony murder charge. Um, he was really good at Florida State, and he went undrafted though because people were scared of that. Six foot three, good speed. Um, I mean he's twenty three. Um, but yeah, then uh, he he do bad things. So, no, no, bye bye. I guess Cody Parkinson kind of had that build up and then foot go bye bye. So, yeah, no, that's that's that time of year. So, um, the oh yes, so we has removed NFL related news here and around the league sort of things instead of just primarily what the team has got going on. Uh, the NFL is allowing unlimited players to return from injury reserve after missing three games. So it's sort of that rule from last year where uh, there's no limit on guys returning. Um, from injured reserve after three games uh, related to the uh, I believe that was related to COVID when guys would get COVID if they would be put on the injured reserve for three games as opposed to like I think normally injured reserves eight games right right yes um, so that's all that is um, and then the other thing is that the Falcons became the first NFL team to reach 100% vaccination um, they're the first NFL team to do so and there are a couple teams that are close to doing so um so hopefully i think the C- well i think the seahawks are one of those teams they're just missing one guy okay and i wonder who that guy is oh i don't even want to guess oh man i don't either i'm just i'm curious i kind of want to think it's a tight end something about the position <laughs> just kind of screams it to me but kobe parkinson yeah hey i don't want to speculate listen if he if we release him and then all of a sudden we have 100 percent. oh boing <laughs> Hey, look at that. Where'd that come from? How'd that get in there? <laughs> so uh, good for the Falcons. I mean, they might not be a very good football team and they might choke in big games, but hey, at least they did the right thing. You might consistently choke in big football games. Thanks, Atlanta. <laughs> um, so looking ahead, the next Seahawks game that we had to look forward to, look at, listen to that. When's the last time I said that? Um, is the 21st of August here. Um, what the heck? One second, it's being so yeah, 21st of August against the Denver Broncos, who are 1 0 in the preseason. Ooh. Um, and the first game with fans back in Lumen Field since what? Um, shoot, ever? Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, obviously, end of 2019, shoot, they've never been in Lumen Field. Oh, wait, yeah. Uh, you're so funny, Ben. Uh-huh. You're kicked off. Uh-huh. You're fired. Oh. Um. Uh-huh. As we <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, 
uh, <laughs> as we get to the, uh, you all right? Yeah, just a little cough. As, oh, stay away from me. As uh, we get yeah, to the I'm Mariners the one, here. I'm the one player on the Seahawks. It's me. Uh, Mariners had a good week. I'd say they had a good week. Uh, they only lost two of the two of their games this week. Um, and that's funny. They bookend losses. So August 10th versus the Texas Rangers here at home. They lost four to five in 10 innings. Uh, player of the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager uh, with one hit, two runs, and an RBI. August 11th versus the Rangers, the team would win two to one. Player of the game would be, I had Jared Kalnick in this game. I know Luis Terenz hit the walk-off single, but uh, Jared had a one hit, one run, one RBI, and one walk. He filled up the stat sheet for me. Um, August 12th versus the Rangers to cap off the series. Uh, the team would win three to one. Player of the game would be Marco Gonzalez. Nine innings pitched, complete game, two hits, one run, one walk, and nine Ks. Um, really good to see Marco come out there and have a complete game, uh, let alone give up just two hits. I know the one was a solo shot, but at the end of the day, solo shots shouldn't kill you. I say shouldn't, but when you're in three to one, you're kind of playing with fire there. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, the first game against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, August 13th, the team would win 3-2. to two. Player of the game would be catcher Tom Murphy with one hit, one run, and two RBIs. August 14th versus the Blue Jays, the team would win 9-3. to three. Player of the game would be DH, Luis Terenz with two hits, one run, and five RBIs. The first time someone's done that all year for the Mariners. He had uh, five RBIs. Um, and then in the series finale against the Blue Jays on August 15th, the Mariners would lose 8-3. to three. Uh, player of the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager with a two-run homer to can to account for his one hit, one run, two RBIs, and one walk. Player of the game, not player of the game, player of the week. Uh, I had Ty France this week. Ty France has really shown up uh, even more so, I feel like, um, this past week. I mean, he's had a good year already, um, and I've liked him since we acquired him in the trade uh, with the Padres. Um, but I mean, I feel like you really showed out this week. So before I get into the offensive stats, um, in the blue Jays series, uh, at that current time, it could have changed by now, but in the blue Jays series, um, he led all American league first baseman in defensive run saved zone rating and fielding percentage. So he's not just getting it done on offense. He's doing it on the defensive end as well. And that brings up an interesting conversation to have about Evan White, which we won't have today because I am very bullish on Evan White. (laughs) Um, But as we get into the last seven days offensively for Mr. France, um, yeah, and in 22 at-bats, he has 10 hits, four runs, one triple, uh, a home run, three RBIs, 15 total bases, um, three walks, a 455 average, a 420, no, a 520 OBP, a 682 slugging percentage and a 1.202 OPS. So Ty, Ty had a good week. I would say Ty had a good week. Uh, Bennett son, it has been a while since we've had you for play of the week. Uh, what do you got? Got to go back to my roots and go for a uh, flashy player. I'm going to go with Luis Torrens. Uh, boy, I can't think of a player that I've been harder on unnecessarily. So, so Got to throw him a bone here. Um, 
I think I think part of it really is the fact that he's starting to come into his own more as a player, and that is like obviously very important for um it's 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 important for a player or any player duh but it's also important for like a younger player to get situated in a team that he's only been playing in for what a season i think maybe yeah like a full year now now for a full year i mean he he came in the same trade uh, trade as france so to have him start to come into his own offensively kind of at the same time as france I think it's cool because we're starting to see this trade mature and that's always really fun to see a trade actually start to make sense. And like the pieces start to fall into place. Not to say that that Padres trade ever really looked bad. Who do we get rid of? Uh, Dan Austin Nola and Dan Austin Nola was the big piece. Yeah. Dan And Austin Nola was huge. Cause I mean, we're dropping our catcher over to the Padres, but then Torrens starting to mature into a better player. And that feels really good because it kind of rectifies the trade in a way that makes. Well, because you get you get Ty France and Andres Munoz, who is a guy who can throw 101 in the pen, but is coming off Tommy John, but he's still young. So you got him, France, Terence, and Taylor Trammell. Taylor Trammell, you know, another offensive, uh, an outfielder. Um, who's not the worst, but you know, I mean, he's still, he's what? Um, because Terenz is 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tramel is, Tramel's 23. So, you know, a lot of guys that are young with upside. And it's not like, I think it, it benefited both sides, but I think more so we won that trade, if anything yeah. else. Um, I, mean, I don't think that can be contested. Just even looking at Tramel and France, isolating them, you know, like yeah. Terenz. I I wouldn't go so far as to say he's done developing yet, but you look at uh, you look at um, Tramel in France, and those are already pretty good additions. Tramel, I mean, he's working on it; he's getting there. But France, like you said, really good to see him go out and ball this week. So had to go with Torrens, had to complete the set. Viva la France! All right. Um, so the team sits at a current record of 63 and 56. Now, if I bet you that we would be 63 wins in about mid-August here, Bennett, and I did that back, let's say, in January this year, how hard would you have laughed at me? Oh, very hard. I, so, uh, I have a prediction somewhere in my house. I don't know where it is. <laughs> some On some table or something. Not favorable. Um, they are still third in the AL West. Um, I know that Oakland's like really like nipping on the heels of the Astros. So, I mean, it's really up to them about who's going to win the division. Um, um, when we look at injury news, it's still relatively quiet. I know that Justice Sheffield threw a rehab start down in Tacoma on Sunday. Um, it didn't go too well. Um, I guess his stuff looked good. He just didn't have the control, which I guess is understandable when you're, you know, trying to rehab uh, some shoulder stuff as a pitcher. But um, yeah, that just kind of sounds like doesn't sound good. It just kind of sounds like Justice Sheffield. <laughs> uh, it I, it'll be very interesting to think about the rotation going forward this year. Yeah, because I mean, 
You've we got, got Gilbert. Chris. Yeah. You say Logan, Marco, and Tyler Anderson right now. Right. And there is an odd man out in there, and I can tell you which one it is. Marco. Just kidding. Um, but so when Justice and Justin are ready to go, right? Who who does what? What happens? That is a huge question. I mean, like, at the start of the year, it wasn't a question because we had all the guys. Yeah. And it was like, okay, Justice and Justin are still relatively young. Justin has shown good stuff. He's just got to take care of his walks, you know. Um, but it's like, does one of these guys step into the long relief role? Mm. Does one get traded, maybe? Mm. Um so these these are interesting thoughts to have, um, but that's obviously has to wait until they're ready to go. I know that Justin suffered a setback, um, and Justice just had his rehab start. So it'll be interesting to see when he comes back and what the case will be uh, when that's all said and done. But if we just look at the pitchers uh, for the Blue Jays series, I know Logan got roughed up a little bit, but he's still relatively young. Um, and has to work on, you know, some of his off-speed stuff and his breaking balls. But Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez, no. Who? Marco didn't have a bad game. Marco played. Was it Yusei who? But yeah, Yusei. Um, for those guys, for, yeah, for Yusei and Chris Flexen to come out against the Blue Jays and to, you know, relatively hold their own against, you know, one of the best offenses in baseball, it's nothing to scoff at. Um, who did Marco play against? He played the last game of the Rangers series. Right, 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 right. Um, so, you know, that's that's a good thing to see. Um, and good two on the bullpen. Well, yeah, good two on the bullpens because Marco kind of gave him a day off that day before the Blue Jays series. Know, it, it's Again, I can't keep saying this enough, but it's so good to see Marco get deeper in these games. Like, I don't know. It's just good to see Marco play like Marco. After the but, All-Star break, he's been kind of a – Different guy. Different guy. He called. Yeah, because did you call his... him and you said, "Hey, uh, this earlier this year, I made a prediction. I said you'd be our best pitcher. <laughs> so you'd be our best pitcher. So you gotta turn it on, Marco." And he said, "Oh, okay, Bennett. I just had a kid, but because you told me, I got you. I can do that." Um. So no, it's it's been interesting to see that, and like you said, it's good to see Marco get deeper into games and really sort of regain form almost you could say right um so team news i don't have a lot of roster moves for you this week uh, august 11th though the edgar martinez statue was unveiled on the south side of t-mobile park so next time you go down to the ballpark if you have not been down uh by the statue i would go do so just because it's a very cool nod to mr martinez the greatest defense uh, defense designated hitter in baseball history quite the uh, opposite actually yeah <laughs> Um, and it, it's really cool to see, you know, a guy like Edgar uh, memorialized, especially a guy who, you know, is very humble. Um, I know that, you know, probably meant the world to him. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, August 12th was the only day that we really had any sort of roster moves. Uh, Johan Ramirez was, uh, recalled from AAA Tacoma. Oh, wait, we have one today. That's right. Um, and it's basically the opposite of the one I'm about to read. Johan Ramirez was recalled from AAA Tacoma and Paul Seawald was placed on paternity list, which is a one day minimum and a three day maximum. Um, and then today on these, oh, well, today technically is the 17th as we record this. 
But the 16th, um, Johan Ramirez was sent back down to AAA Tacoma, and Paul Seawald was activated off the fraternity list. So basically the opposite. Uh, looking ahead for the Mariners, uh, the upcoming schedule features a three-day slate against the Texas Rangers from the 17th to the 19th. They did not play on Monday as it was a travel day and a day off. Um, and then another critical series against the Astros, August 20th through 22nd, down in, oh, shoot. Is it, it's not Tropicana Field, is it? No, it's not. What are they? Minute Maid. Oh, it is Minute Maid. Ugh. Uh, Minute Maid Park. Um, so you're going down for a Texas road trip, basically. And then on the 23rd is the first of a series against the Athletics. So a big, uh, big road trip coming against your division teams. And if, you know, this is a team this year that wants to, you know, battle for the playoffs and scrape and fight. This is a big road trip. Mm-hmm. This is a big road trip. And, you know, from this year, I mean, from here on out, you kind of got to obviously win more than you lose, not to sound like John Madden. If you score more points than the other team, you'll win the game. Um, This is big. Because yeah. um, now you're fighting with who are you fighting with? You're fighting with obviously Toronto in the, the wild card spot. But also if we go to standings here and we look at the wild card, um, you're fighting with Oakland and the Yankees and Toronto. So those three guys are ahead of you right now for that second spot. You're five games out. Um, Boston's Boston's one game above Oakland. Uh, and we're six games behind Boston. So there's a, there's a lot going on. And then there's the Angels, who are four games behind us. So, hey, man, if you want to fight for it, be my guest. But you you really got to show up and take care of business. Um, so that is what we've got for our uh, baseball club for this past week. Uh, this time, we are coming back to Homs, Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving Big Brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Now, you know, normally when we do these things, uh, I mean, over the past few months, it's been the summer collection we've been talking about. But I know recently, very recently, uh, Race and the Homs team have shoes, Homs shoes coming. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, So keep a lookout for that. I don't believe there is an official date for that quite yet, Um, but be on the lookout for that. Um, as we move into the Seattle Sounders here, the Sounders had two matches over the last week. The first was a League's Cup matchup against the Tigres, which they won three to nothing. Um, and usually, you know, the Sounders in these League's Cup games, it doesn't really matter that much because, I mean, yes, it's a piece of hardware, but usually when you're in the thick of the regular season and you're, you're not trying to pay attention to a, a tournament that, you know, isn't the biggest deal in the world, um, the team won two to nothing. Um, played the game with Ford Raul Ruiz Diaz with a goal on four shots and two on target. As I said, it was a League Cup matchup. Uh, the Sounders would advance to the semifinals against Santos Laguna, and that game will be on September 14th to determine who goes to the final of the League's Cup tournament. Um, and then August 15th, down in Portland against the Timbers in Providence Park, the Sounders would beat the Timbers and build a bonfire, scoring six goals to two um Gracious. in a just a slaughter of a game i mean coming off of the last game they played in regular season play against dallas where you give up an equalizer late um and really you know you feel pissed off because you don't want to draw at home at all let alone after you've got a late goal in that game 
Um, and then to really just destroy Portland after they had a sign uh, behind their goal that said, you can't stop us. It's always great to beat Portland, but to score six goals, that's got to be one of those things like the, the, what I can reckon it to is uh, when the Huskies beat uh, Oregon 70 to 21. I mean, you put up 70 on a, on a team, man, that's got to be demoralizing. Um, so that was pretty cool to go in there and really just stomp them out. And this is without Jordan Morris, without knew who Nicoladero played half the fucking game. Um, Leo true. The other signing that the team added at the uh, midway point, uh, Benezet scored in this game. So Benezet, the other signing did play in this game, but Leo true is still to come. He's a young offensive attacker. This team still has reinforcements on the way. Um, so that's exciting to think about. Um, uh, in team-related news, uh, Gonzalo Pineda was hired to be uh, the Atlanta United head coach. The former Sounders assistant coach takes the Atlanta United home job, top job, um, after having quite a quite a resume um, after being uh, before becoming an assistant coach with the Sounders. He played with the Sounders uh, before becoming a head coach. I mean, an assistant coach with us. Uh, he had 44 caps with the Mexico national team. He played in the 2006 World Cup. He spent the majority of his playing career in Mexico, primarily with Guadalajara. Um, and he joins Atlanta United to become their head coach now. So that is big. Obviously, it sucks to lose, you know, an integral part of your coaching staff. But I feel like when, you know, you've got an opportunity to head coaching job, it's kind of it's kind of hard to just give that up. Um, so congratulations to Gonzalo um, and best wishes, except for when he plays the Sounders. Um and then when it comes to the MLS All-Star Game, uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz is part of the MLS Skills Challenge. So the guy who is, I believe he's tied for the league lead in goals, but I will make sure instead of saying I believe. Um, no, wait. Wait. What? That just gives me the Sounders top scorers. I don't need that. Um, MLS Soccer. We will just make sure on that just because I don't like giving out false information. I'm not that kind of guy. I uh, will. Uh, he's the third best scorer all time. You're fired. Oh, man. Again. Sucks. Oh, no. He is a leading goal scorer with 13. So, Raul Diaz, MLS leading goal scorer, will be part of the MLS Skills Challenge roster for the MLS. I know they're playing. They're going to be battling uh, the La Liga um, skills challenge roster so that'll be something to watch i mean if you're into all-star stuff i'm usually not a big all-star guy in any sport uh just because i don't know there's usually not too much to pay attention to um the Sounders now sit at a record of 10 wins six draws and three losses they're second in the western conference behind sporting kansas city third in the mls in points with 36 looking ahead they play fc dallas on the road on august 18th and Columbus Crew on the road on August 21st. That will be the first game against Columbus since the MLS Cup final loss for the Sounders. Uh, Seattle Storm. The team got back into the regular season here after coming off the Olympic break. Very exciting to finally get Storm games back up and going. It's uh, been a while. been a long while. A long five weeks. Um, in the August 12th game against the Connecticut Sun, which was for the Commissioner's Cup final, uh, the team won 79-57. to 57. Really kind of stomped the sun out there um 
that the player of the game would be for Brianna Stewart with 17 points, four rebounds, three assists, four steals, and four blocks. So Stewie packing the score sheet, you know, kind of the usual thing for Brianna Stewart. Uh, so the Storm are the winners of the first Commissioner's Cup in NBA, I mean WNBA history. Uh, Stewie took home the MVP for that and gained another five thousand uh, dollars. So I believe, I believe every player for the Storm got thirty grand uh, for winning that game. I think they had had to split up the half a million dollars. Um, So that's really cool. And now if you look at the standings um, in the WNBA, there's a C next to the sound, the Sounders next to the storm. And it, all that means is they won the commissioner's cup. So that's kind of interesting. And both Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart played in that game, but they did not play in the August 15 game against the Chicago sky. They uh, sat out that game with rest. Um, and the Storm would lose 85 to 87 in overtime. Obviously, then if you look at that score, you think, yeah, they probably would have helped us win that game. But, you know. Let's let I mean, them get a rest. They just want a fucking gold medal. Yeah. So it, I, I'm not mad at that. You know, Chicago's got a good team. Candace Parker's one of the greatest players of all time. Um, so for also, her to help. Holy shit. Like, can you imagine being Brianna Stewart right now? Hey, hey, don't say anything. We're not there yet. Okay. Um. <laughs> Bennett's trying to play spoiler. Are you Tom Holland or something? You wish. Um, so, yeah, the only injury-related news was that Sue Bird and Stewie sat out that game against Chicago for rest. And then we get to team notes. Uh, Brianna Stewart and her wife, Martha Zarge, welcomed a baby into the world via surrogacy. Uh, so congrats to Stewie and Martha, and welcome to the world, baby Ruby. I didn't even uh, know that, that. That's not even what I was saying. Oh. I was just saying she won a fucking gold medal oh and the commissioner's cup and commissioner's cup mvp and she had a kid holy shit yeah so she had a, a busy last few months let alone what just happened this past you know past two weeks <laughs> um so yes i think that stewie has earned a little bit of a rest would you say so i would say so for sure holy shit um so yeah a lot going on there uh, with our storm, of course. Yeah. And she's not taking maternity leave? No. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, I don't think so. I feel like that would have been announced. Exactly. Um, Who is, she's fucking Wonder Woman or some shit. I, got, I swear to God. Um, so the team sits at a 16-6 record now. They are second in the West and second in the league, only behind Las Vegas. So the West is kind of packed in that regard because I believe we're both 16-6. and six. Just the aces have the head-to-head uh, tiebreaker over us currently. Um, the next state of games for the Storm are that they play the New York Liberty on the 18th and 20th over in New York. I believe they're playing in the Barclays Center. Um, and then August 22nd at the Washington Mystics. Washington, who could potentially get Elena Deladon back, and that is a big pain because when she is healthy – they are a team to deal with. Uh, the last time the Storm did not win the title was when Washington won the title, beating the Storm with a depleted roster. Uh, and by depleted, I mean Stewie and Sue Bird were out. So for the Storm to get to that game uh, was remarkable in itself. Um, but, you know, obviously, Lena Deldon is somebody to reckon with. Um, and they have Tina Charles, who's averaging 25.9 points per game and 9.9 rebounds per game. So that's, I don't know, that's a headache. 
if Washington gets things going, but obviously they have to get things going. Um, Maestro Athletics, Maestro uh, just had their hat run go out. They have, I believe they teased some Seahawks shorts coming out potentially. Um, I know Maestro is working on some stuff. They had a lot of summer stuff going on, but in terms of anything new, I believe if you didn't get on that Maestro stuff, you kind of missed out, but it's really cool because I mean, again, if you know me, you know, I work at the stadiums. I've seen a lot of the Maestro stuff out them at the Mariners games. So that's been pretty exciting to see the logo um, and to see the merch out there. That's been pretty cool. Um, Kraken stuff. I hate to tell you, but there's, I have nothing for you. There is uh kind of quiet. I mean, I know we're in the um, free agency part of the off season. Um, oh, I lied. Carson Twaronski, uh, the forward that we picked from, uh, Philadelphia signed a one-year $750,000 AAV. Oh, okay. Now, there were some signings that I missed. Oopsie. Kel Fleury, defenseman, signed a one-year two-way contract uh, worth seven hundred fifty grand AAV. Um, you might have to. Uh, you know, hey, Chuck, for the audience that doesn't know hockey as well as we do, you and me, uh, what's AAV? It's just an annual contract, how much per year they're going to make. Uh, okay. Cool. They just use AAV. They think they're cool in hockey, so they use that. They're like, yeah, AAV, man. Like, shut up. That's all it is, is annual. Um, I forgot what the first A is. But that's all AAV is, basically how much the money per year the contract is. Um, let me get the official. Average annual value. Yeah, that's all AAV is, average annual value. Um, so a couple of the guys that we picked in the expansion draft got their uh, contracts squared away. Um, you're seeing a lot of one-year deals, so it'll be interesting to see um, who really earns, I guess, a bigger contract and who we might see, you know, not pan out necessarily um, as a pick or still who might be traded. This roster, I don't, I still don't believe that it's done being made um, as we, you know, barrel our way towards the preseason. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Ron Francis and uh, Holstack do as we come up to the uh, preseason here. Oh, my God. It was the funniest thing when they traded away a player and they were like, thank you. For oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for all the memories. It was a great 24 hours. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, Oil Rain. Now, as I mentioned to Bennett before we started I mentioned a scenario for the show here um, after the rain were coming off an impressive win over Houston a five goal scoring win uh, you know all if a couple teams lost here maybe a potential draw here we could be looking at the the rain in third place against a Kansas City team who had not won a game this year who were at the basement of the table and August 14th rolls around in Kansas City, and uh, the Ram lose zero to one. Um, so that sucks. Um, yeah, that was frustrating. Um, to come off of that win, uh, you know, a big win, score five goals, everybody's happy. You know, this week you get Laura Harvey back as head coach after she comes back from the Olympics. Uh, her first game back as coach with the club. Um, 
and you lay an egg quite literally big old zero so you know that was <laughs> that was a little anticlimactic a little upsetting um but i guess at some point well no that's that's the thing is anything can happen in this league and i've seen it happen in this league this is just a testament to that um am i happy about it no uh but i gotta live with it you know it's the nature of the game um play the game i'm not i'm I'm upset uh the injury report for this match against kansas city was just both ali watt with her right knee still recovering from surgery there and you know rehabbing and rosie white with illness um nobody was listed as questionable and still out with international duty were quinn rose lavelle and megan rapino i do have news for you about those three um here in a little bit um but the only other piece of actual injury news that I have for you is that Eugenia Lissomer was taken out of this game early for a concussion protocol um, because she went up to head a ball and another player went. And if you see the video, she smacks her head on the ground. It, it does not look good. Um, so uh, Eugenie said she was going to be fine, which is one thing. So just hoping that she'll be good to go. Um, no real related team news, except I will say, um, so the NWSL broadcast crew for the game against Kansas City did a bio on, uh, on Quinn, right, uh, after the gold, their gold medal. And they completely just disregarded pronouns. Ooh. Did not, yeah. We are in August, okay? Um, we are in August. The pronouns have been laid out there. They are on the Reigns website, as they them. Um, and, you know, when you, you set up a pre-recorded uh, segment, right, you would hope that you have everything straightened out and you are prepared. It, it, the, the NWSL broadcasters and the league have bungled a lot of what they've been doing um when it comes to the pronouns of these players that are in your own league when it comes to um picking out a random child in the stands and pointing it out and labeling it as one of the players sons i don't know how that can happen um it's it's really just embarrassing for the league when you've got such talented women, you know, playing the sport and, you know, playing in this league and you're not justifying, you're not giving them the proper, you're not, you're, you're setting them up to fail. You're failing them, you know? Um, So, I mean, it's just flat out disrespect. Um, That's ridiculous. I, 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 I am at a loss for words how you can have these we both have the same set of resources available as them like the internet and you couldn't figure out quinn's pronouns despite the news that you know they came out as the first non-binary person first trans person to win a gold medal um pronouns have been out there they're on the team's website i mean not to mention 
they've been out since September. Yeah. Like, they came out in September. Like, and the fact is, it's it's not fucking, like, listen, misgendering somebody is one thing. Right? If it's an honest slip-up, you go, hey, sorry about that. My bad. First off, don't plead ignorance. Because that makes you look like an idiot. That makes you, I mean, not only does that make you look like an ignorant, that like an idiot, that makes you look ignorant, and that makes you look a little bigoted in the fact that you're not, you know, checking in on this. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is, you make the mistake, you apologize for it immediately. And I don't care if they did that. They're the, they're the, they're the fucking league. They're the league. They should have this shit on lock. Like, it is. It's, it's like, you've got these talented women, right? And you've got these broadcasters who just have their fucking foot in their mouth. I mean, talented people. Let's be fair. I mean, talented or not, they've got to be better than this. This no, is happened. Mean, the league, the players are talented people. Oh, yeah. And you look at the fucking announcers and how they're going about Quinn, who, again, r- ridiculous that it even has to be a conversation considering their pronouns have been out for a year, like literally almost a calendar year. And we're still sitting here talking about how they, they had an entire pre-recorded segment that had to make it through editing, that had to make it through post-production, that had to make it through script writing and revisions. Yep. Where they were constantly misgendered, and they won a fucking gold medal. Yep. And made history while doing it, by the way. And, and we're going to sit here and, and misgender this person. And no doubt, you know was very inspirational for a lot of a lot of young people out there a lot of people who you know might be questioning themselves you know and i can't put myself in their shoes but you know no doubt quinn is somebody who's gonna mean a lot to a lot of younger people you know who they can relate to themselves and so you know when these younger people watch these games and they hear them you know misgendered and you know get the wrong pronouns does that turn them off from the sport does that turn them off from the league you know it's just it's how does that make them feel about themselves I was, you know it's just it's ridiculous it is ridiculous it's just very frustrating that you know these same announcers get pumped out and they just there's no regard to think okay I got to make these pronouns right right when I'm in the booth um at the games oh this is another thing um in regards to pronunciations we we have a pronunciation sheet and i guarantee you that the announcers and the uh the broadcasters have that available so in 2021 the nwsl has had black players get racially profiled and you know had issues with racism um the broadcast team have, you know, absolutely bungled um, working with trans players and, you know, pronouns. Um, it's, it's the NFL and, and the, the league itself has fine players and staff for speaking about racism. They witnessed so fine players for supporting players who've experienced racism and fine players for criticizing poor officiating. You are, <laughs> I don't need to say more than that. I did. That's something I don't need to go into detail. I just have to tell you 
that and let you think about that. Okay. Because at the same time as me wanting to tell you to, hey, come out and support these women, come out and watch the games and, you know, support the women, buy the merch. The, the league is not helping their case. The league is not doing their part like the WNBA does for these women to support them and set them up for success and give them a platform that they're going to, you know, best succeed and best be themselves, you know, for the world for. The, the, the NWSL does not do that. And they can take a lot of lessons from the WNBA in that regard, you know, how to run their league. So that's just very disappointing. And I feel bad for Quinn that they have to continue to deal with that shit and that they continue to get misgendered and mispronounced. And that's the other, I mean, that's like, I think to me, one of the worst things is it's not, it's not a small deal. Yeah. This wasn't just one thing that happened once. Like, and it's not even that it's not even like a thing that happened once. It's like people will argue till the fucking cows come home that this is not a big deal, but it, it is. You're invalidating somebody's literal identity. Yep. And it's like, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's wrong. I don't care what you believe in. It's wrong. Like, you just can't do that. So, I don't know. If the broadcasters can't get their shit together, like, fucking I'll step in. Yeah, no, I'm like, hey, man, we can uh, we can do this stuff. You know, and I w- we would be able to show more respect to these uh, these players. And I'm not going to say women because it's, you know, show more respect to these players than what's been happening. It's it's very interesting and telling because the rain have an advertisement that they show right and it says they play here, they and it's a picture of of Quinny. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know how this continues to be an issue. It's appalling and <clears throat> yeah, I don't know how they give these people these jobs continuously and they don't say, hey, can you do a better job here? Not, not even don't even ask just say hey you fucked up all right you need to be better going forward so um that's that being said i i believe ben and i could do a better job and i'm gonna stand by that um the rain sit at a six win one draw and six loss record oh seven loss sad face uh this sits seventh in the league with 19 points i'm gonna get my hopes up again okay <laughs> so in this game against Gotham, as I was talking to Bennett's about, oop, I said Bennett's. I guess apparently there's multiple of you, Bennett. Yeah, we're rolling up. How many variants? That's uh, three. Ah, shit. So so Portland's at the top of the table, twenty nine points. North Carolina's at the top, uh, the second with twenty four, and then it goes Gotham, in Orlando with twenty one, Chicago with twenty, and Washington with nineteen. And we are tied with Washington with 19, but Washington holds a tiebreaker with that one win head-to-head over us. So, with that being said, oh, I have to look at the schedule. Duh. I'm smart. So smart, me. Okay, sorry. I love King Shark. Look so good. So smart, me. Bird. I'm numb. Um, no, wait. Peacemaker. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing alike. I love when he drops the big F bomb. When he says fuck he, really loud. He does? 
Yeah. Okay, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, that's another time. Um, I'm gonna go watch the Suicide Squad. Make it make a lot of money because it's a really good movie. It was a pretty good movie. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find the schedule here. If we go to, oh no, I clicked on a Verizon ad. Oh boy, please stop. Uh, we go to the month of August here. So we get to the month of August, August 18th. So if let's play a little bit of matchmaker. Chicago loses to Louisville. And Salago, Salago? Chicago loses or draws to Louisville. North Carolina. <laughs> We're not even going to bother with North Carolina. Um, say the rain beat Gotham. Washington. Ooh, Washington and the Spirit draw. No, Washington and Orlando draw. Then you are looking at the rain in third place. Mm, yum, awesome. yum. Yeah, that's what things, you know, that's that's uh, best case scenario. But with that being said, at the end of the season, you just need to be in the top six um, to go to the playoffs. And end of the regular season is several months away. So things to think about. Um, so with that being said, August 21st versus New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC is your next game for the rain here. Um, and if you have time, and you can make it out to Shaney Stadium. Um, it'll, there should be no excuses about ticket prices either, because they they go as low as ten dollars. So, um, if basically if you can get there, then come out and support these women, um, and hopefully we can get them better conditions and get them better pay, and better announcers. Um, the last piece of sort of news for you as we get into UW sports here: uh, the ACC, the Big Twelve, and the Pac Twelve are discussing an alliance. And by alliance, I mean they are aiming to counter the SEC's growing power, looking to do so in terms of TV rights negotiations, college football playoff expansion, and scheduling. Um, And this alliance is – these talks are in high-level discussions at this point, which is very interesting. So basically it's like, oh, shoot, the SEC is getting more talent. Um, What can we do, guys? Um, so that's interesting to know. There's it's, there's just a lot of going on. It feels like since uh, Texas and OU decided to be like, hey, we're getting the fuck out of here. We don't like it anymore. Um, uh, and another thing for the Pac-12 sports is that Pac-12 teams will have to forfeit if they cannot play because of the COVID. Mm, more reason to get the vaccine. Go get the, the shot. Go in the arm. Go ouchie. Um. And then Pac-12 football-related, uh, the UW football team starts the season ranked 20th in the AP poll and 21st in the coaches poll. That, that's about right. Um, and then changes for football game days. Beer and wine will be sold on game days. Uh, UW football is going to mobile tickets. There will be cashless transactions now and game themes. So that is all that we have coming up for UW sports. Uh, with that being said, this has been your last week in Seattle sports. Um, God, there's so much going on. <laughs> the Seahawks are in the preseason. The Mariners are in the regular season in the wild card hunt. The Soundars, Soundars, Soundars. just had a six goal win over Portland and are second in the West. The Storm are back um, in the regular season and just took down the Sun for the Commissioner's Cup title and are second in the league um behind vegas um 
Kraken are still going through free agency. The Rain are still in the thick of hunt of the hunt, uh, looking for that playoff spot, despite the fact that we're in August, obviously. Uh, and as we get closer to the doubleheader um, with the Sounders here in the 29th, um, and UW football is kind of creeping up, as well as UW women's soccer is starting their season soon. UW men's soccer starting their season soon. Uh, both basketball teams are in the winter, I believe. So that's a little bit later. But yeah, there's a lot going on. So uh, with that being said, um, I've been joined by Bennett this week. Bennett, what is the most enjoyable thing you did over the last week? Oh, uh, let's think. I watched The Suicide Squad. I think that was probably the highlight. <laughs> that was a good movie. Um, if you have the chance, go watch that movie and you will be, uh, I'm still what I'm looking for. There's your circling Seattle sports media recommendation for the week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, King Shark. Ooh. What if we could get King Shark to play linebacker? Uh, I was about to say, I thought you were going to say like, get him on the show. I was like, I don't think we're getting Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Don't have him talk in King Shark lines the whole show. (laughs) I'm not. And all right, this has been the show. We'll be back next week on the 24th. Uh, With that being said, see you next Tuesday. Oh, oh, no. Baba Bowie. Hello, back. Nope.